0: welcome back to the quiet Onset podcast i'm Ian graf and i'm joined by my lovely host lachlan tealy how are you doing my friend
1: you call me lovely every week do yes. you want to come up with a new you
0: a new uh, my vocabulary me? is very limited um i have mm. do you have any suggestions of adverbs or adjectives that i could call you maybe the pointy lachlan the the pointy. very nice very nice mustache growing how about lachlan? sharp because very this new, sharp
1: this new setup we've got going on very crisp
0: lachlan teary yeah. he's so crisp in fact you want to dip him in cocktail mayonnaise and have a bite.
1: Obviously this doesn't matter cuz this is a this is a podcast yeah but f- for us like this is this is the next step up. I'm using my camera as a webcam instead of my webcam. So I've gone from basically like a 2000s uh only fans account to a 2022 <laughs> only fans account set up,
0: so. <laughs> yes. I uh, it's mainly not for the podcast that you set it up. It's for your only fans live streams. That's why you can still see Luckland's yeah. bed in the background, you know.
1: You don't pay me for this podcast, so I've no. had to find revenue a different way.
0: I mean, I did. I found it quite lucrative as well. When you started posting my feed pics, when we started this show, it actually has opened up a lot of venues, uh, revenue streams you know for me as well. You
1: your feed pics down? You, you weren't celeb- uh, like a celebrity enough?
0: Don't call me out. You weren't, you weren't out. Enough, I, I should say. Yeah. I, I, they, they well, I had to restart on the synonym. Like, I had to come up with a different name and... Now I've grown an empire of feet and sending out toenails.
1: Once we, reach, <laughs> once we reach the Oscars, once we can like cover the Oscars at the Oscars, yeah. then I'll try to re uh, reestablish the site and your, your account and your page. Um,
0: we, maybe we can bribe some people, like you know, send them a few feed pics to actually get the nomination to make, make the jump from the long list website, to the short list yeah. to the actual nominations. Yeah.
1: We've just we've just developed a whole new group of people watching this show just based on feet. <laughs> yeah,
0: especially if this is a clip that's posted on TikTok, it will have a whole subsection of people reading right. into feet, uh, seeing this. Um. Anyways, so uh, yeah, what have you been up to? Anything worthwhile? Uh, maybe apart from your immaculate new um video setup now. Oh, I went shopping. Yeah. some stuff I got. Oh Not like
1: anyone else, but like, look at this. See this? This is yes. an audio lover's dream. No one can hear this. Yeah. But these are my keys. I mean, you might be able to hear it, but these are my keys. It's, I, I've got one of these key organizers.
0: Oh, that's. And like
1: the keys just pop out. Neat. This is dope.
0: I would use this it as a dope. weapon. Yeah.
1: And all, all I've got in here now is just like my air tag and my car keys and my keys and it doesn't even jingle. L- listen.
0: Yeah, I can't, I can't hear that's a thing. It. That's beautiful. I like that's it. That's
1: just the build up. I've got something way cooler to show. Hang on. Hang on. Ready? And there's another reason okay. I've got this new camera so I can have more reveals like this more often for you. Okay, ready?
0: <laughs> yeah, show me. Oh, is that a steel book for Dune? This is the steel book for Dune. Yeah, yeah, is it 4K This thing as well? is
1: mint. This is the 4K. And uh, look, look, I'll show you the, the discs are even in like the sandy color as well. Get
0: that's nice. What's on the bonus disc? What did they, is uh, that Dune part two? I
1: haven't, I haven't seen, <laughs> I haven't <laughs> actually watched it. So I don't know what is on the bonus disc yet. Yeah. I'm hoping a director's cut. If there's a director's cut, you will definitely hear me talking about it next week. Um, yeah, that would be crazy if, if there's all a director's I'm cut. Talk about. Uh, I don't think there is, but no. I'm hoping they're just going to sneak one in there. Um yeah. but I'm just happy that I get to watch uh, Dune in 4K on my sick setup that I've got.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Dune Dune looked good already at the cinema. So now that I get to watch it at home whenever I want on 4K, and I'm I, I hope Dolby Atmos. I didn't actually check that either. Um, sick.
0: Yeah, I'm. um very keen for you. I still don't have a 4K Blu-ray player, and not no PS5. You buy a PS5 inside. like I
1: did. Oh right, yeah. You sorry, you can't get a PS5. Sorry,
0: it's. Dude. I've oh. been. I'm. I'm like getting the notification, and I just never get any. They just are never in restock. So. Yeah, it kinda sucks. Um, but I, I would get one uh maybe just for the four K player mainly. Uh which I don't know at that point, maybe just get a normal one. I don't know, but uh at some point um I'll have some Blu-rays to share as well in 4K, hopefully. Anyways, you know what I've been up to, Lucklin, this past month of February, the short month of February. I uh listened to the entire filmography of the Beatles. I don't know how familiar are you with all of the Beatles' uh, albums.
1: Uh, I would say I'm not very familiar with their lineup of albums.
0: Right. Well, I think th- it's like all in the span of not that many years because they like you know they broke up quite fast. It was a, a it was a hot fling while they had it. Um, but I I went into it like okay I know these classics they are amazing. Let's see how this comes together in like the album form. Um, And I was a bit underwhelmed with the first few albums And kind of went in with the expectations that they are a bit overrated Which got me a lot of hate when I actually expressed that to my friend Who after that she made me an entire playlist That was dedicated to having the greatest hits Um, Like chrono- chronologically still But having all of them in a playlist Maybe leaving out the biggest ones kind of flowing into each other So she made me a custom playlist for this Um. For this uh, for this month, I might link it down below in the show notes because it's a, it's a pretty good playlist, and she put in some of the solo stuff that they did after they split up as well. And um, I actually really enjoyed uh, listening to those songs um, that way. And, uh, yeah, Lachlan, you did a dramatic zoom-in. Um, I can't do that, yeah. so I'm very jealous. Realized, i realised, i that realised that I could so do crisp.
1: dramatic zoom-ins. How crazy is that? These things are, what, yeah. 24 to 70, I believe? I think I've got on here, 24 <sighs> to 70? My god. Man.
0: I have a prime lens on I can't like to, like, talk
1: it. seriously and then just, like, hey. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no editing for me required You just do your zoom-ins manually But yeah, I mean uh, I don't know, I think this one was a bit more Underwhelming than doing Kanye I'm doing these every month, by the way I'm uh, halfway through Kendrick Lamar's Albums Um, I'm also doing Tyler The Creator this, this month so uh, I guess kind of a so double feature. Are we
1: transitioning into a music podcast? No, that's why I'm putting this at, like at, Christ, the, at the banter like,
0: section in the intro. Okay, I'm getting it out I know very little way. about music. Me as well. That's why I think it's such a, a nice thing to do because like the same friend that made me this playlist, like whenever I talk to her about films uh, she's also um into like a lot of art house films um she always brings up oh yeah did you notice i don't know in like the latest Euphoria episode she was like yeah i know blah 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 uh, like the story was was mm, but did you notice the music and i was like I-, I always have to say like no i don't really pay attention to the music that much um so she makes me more conscious about that stuff so you know not that the beatles have anything to do with a score for a film but it-, it makes me a bit more um conscious about um Aware of how music is used in film, Um, but I think that's enough for the Beatles Um, I do have a little bit of an announcement to make it's it's a small one But uh, you might have noticed on our feed now There should be a couple of episodes that we did that uh, were patreon exclusives The so-called drunk cast that we actually are recording a new episode for um, after today We are doing Batman forever Joel Schumacher's um, Batman forever and that will also be on this feed, but uh, you'll get to listen to it um, either on Patreon, you get it on the first tier for a buck a month, but you can also just directly get it through Spotify now. Um, you pay the same amount of money, um, but you already have it on your Spotify feed, making it a bit easier for people, hopefully, um, to enjoy the drunk cast. And uh, yeah, I'm very keen to to get pitched again, to get drunk and uh, watch a movie with with you, Lachlan. So those will be out Uh, every month on this feed now as well. On today's show, uh, we'll take a look at the trailers for Bullet Train, the new Fantastic Beast trailer, The Secrets of Dumbledore, and the last trailer for Morbius, uh, as well as the SAG Award winners. And I got some reviews for Euphoria season two. Uh, Lachlan also watched one episode I don't, I don't, I don't think it's was season two though. It's just a one episode. That... Wasn't
1: even in a season. It was yeah. a special
0: episode. Oh, okay. Well, that's really interesting. I mean, you are on your own pace. I actually, uh, yes. you know. Um. Anyways.
1: I'm not watching everything with everybody else. Everyone's like, "Oh, you're for your season two. and I'm like, "Okay, yeah, don't believe Before the Euphoria hype." Special episode, you know, that take came your out time. like two years ago. <laughs> take my time.
0: Yeah, exactly. I also Is have. It's the only
1: thing I watched. I watched other things.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to it. Um, but I watched uh, No Exit, Serrano. Yeah, also listen to Donda too, so maybe we are transitioning into a music podcast. Uh, Then, Lachlan and I will talk about the 2021 release out on VOD now. Uh, That's Mike Mills' Come On, Come On. So if you want to skip around to anything specific that interests you, the time codes are, as always, linked below. Uh, Before we get into the main part of the show, don't forget to drop those 5-star reviews over on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Helps us out a lot, and maybe consider shouting out the show to a friend. Let's have a look at the news. And uh, first up, uh, the Screen Actors Guild had its award season and awarded some of the ensemble cast and the performing cast. Um, And amongst the big winners was uh, Coda, who won the ensemble cast, which is... I think basically equivalent to their best picture because they don't have any of the other technical awards right they just do the acting logical when you think that they're the screen actors guild and Troy Kutzer also won for um best lead so it's interesting to see like I don't think Koda is a front runner for for anything really at the academy awards uh but Troy, Troy Kutzer could surprise and win um, that best lead he won in comedy and then for best drama will smith took home uh, the award um, ted lasso got a couple of uh, awards as well with jason Sudeikis taking home um, his trophy as well as uh, them getting best comedy ensemble Uh, succession got best drama ensemble and squid game also got uh, best stunts uh, in a series and um got two wins for the leads yeah uh what other i don't know if there was like big big competition when it comes to that maybe the marvel shows i don't even know what was nominated if i'm completely honest i don't know if you know lachlan
1: well i discovered that all of the stunts done on squid game it must have been legit if it uh (laughs) won so there's a lot of death that happens not a
0: lot of people notice but i think squid game kind of was inspired by uh this, this guy on youtube called mr beast um, like he mm. did it actually for real. Didn't mm. kill the people though. Uh, and then Squid Game took it to the next level. It's kind of you know, it's sat, it's the satire. It's like uh, on society how like far we take it with YouTube videos. I think that was the moral of of that like series overall. What
1: I so what I love about the SAGA Awards is it SAGA Awards.
0: SAG know. Screen SAG. Sag, but an Sag. A oh, I guess yeah, SAGA. You could say it's it's <laughs> what I enjoy about SAGA.
1: The SAGA Awards. Screen Actors Guild, uh, is the TV section, obviously. Mainly because with the Oscars, it's pretty much just motion picture. And Mm -hmm. luckily this year I had seen the majority of the movies that are nominated. Mm -hmm. But I do miss out on a number of TV shows. And, you know, when your time is limited, you've really got to pick and choose. And Mm -hmm. now I can kind of be like, all right, cool. I I probably do want to watch the rest of this because I I, I watched probably the first... Thirty minutes of dope, dope sick, and yeah. I thought it was really nice, and I thought it was really good. But I just mm-hmm. was like running out of time, and I needed to squeeze in a movie for the podcast, so I turned it off. Now yeah. I'll go back and watch it. So, and it's the same with Mayor of Easttown. I've been meaning to watch that one, but now mm-hmm. I know that Kate Winslet won, and she's apparently you know she beat out. Uh, who else was nominated in that? Um, Probably
0: a bunch of succession people, or at least... Yeah, uh, anyway. A yeah. bunch
1: of other people. Cool, I'm going to watch Air- Mayor of Easttown. Um, it's been recommended to me a number mm-hmm. of times, so let me
0: watch it yeah. now. I can recommend it too. I caught that one. I only can you also just another saw the person first... person
1: recommending it to me?
0: <laughs> yeah. I caught, like, the first right. episode, or the first two episodes of Dope Sick. I also haven't finished it. And the comedy show Hacks, I've also seen... I think all of the winners... Um, I have seen the show that they were in apart from Dope Sick. Um, So that was nice to see like the ones that I selected to actually give time to um, taking home the win. Um, What was a bit surprising and I don't know if it's surprising but Jessica Chastain won for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. I recently caught up with that one as well. Um, It's just, I don't know, I'm not a biggest fan of like the Nicole Kidman type of performances uh, in Being the Ricardos as well, where like they slap on a bunch of makeup and they do an impression of a character and the movie overall is not that interesting, but it's just because there's so much transformation happening and an imitation happening that people feel like it should be, or at least the awards body thinks like it should be awarded. Although like both of these actresses have way better roles. Um, but I mean, fair enough. I think that's just kind of how how the how the ball rolls.
1: I would take a different stance to that. Uh, yeah, I think that when an actor, there's obviously a difference between an actor who is creating it, so an actor who creates their character from scratch, all of all of the little tiny things to the big things to the voice and everything that that's very impressive, right? Um, but when you're yeah. saying also when you know an actor putting on a load of makeup and also doing an impression of something, right? So a character that's got you know, a character that's already exists or a person that already exists, right? That, you know, makes sense that you're thinking that they're not putting as much effort because all they're trying to do is just be this person. Mm-hmm. My counterpoint is, is the first one that pops into my head is that the Joker is like a stereotypical character, right? It's almost the same in every single sense. Heath Ledger definitely did a fucking killer job with that, even though he's yeah. laying up a whole bunch of makeup and it's a character that already exists, right? So right. I think in in this case, you know, Jessica Chastain's character, uh, Tammy Faye, is based on a real person, uh, mm-hmm. so it's a bit different than the Joker, but you are still trying to do all of the things that that person did. You're trying to be that person. I think yeah. that um, uh, Christian Bale's uh, Vice performance was fucking pretty sick, and he's wearing mm-hmm. a massive suit, and I don't think it's just like like visually it's him, it's also him playing Dick Cheney.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I do get that. I, I just don't think that um, these performances were in a film that was quite strong. Um, it was mainly just the transformative aspect of the uh, performances that made them stand out. So that's, I think, why I think it's sometimes a bit frustrating where it's the cohesion isn't there but maybe you can still award them for having carrying the movie of course like a lot of times in these biopic stories they do carry Who would
1: you it. say should have won this?
0: i would have picked kristen stewart in this and she's still playing someone you know based on someone real and does a oh, transformative thing but nominated? it's a bigger. yeah uh well i uh, guess she oh. was not nominated for the screen actors guild um, But she is nominated for the Oscar.
1: Okay, so Coleman, Gaga, uh, Jennifer Hudson, and Nicole Kidman.
0: Oof, well, that's a hard one. I don't like any of those performances a lot. I probably would have gone with... I haven't seen Respect, so I can't pick Jennifer Hudson. So, um, so probably Gaga, which also feels weird.
1: Playing a person, a real person. Wait, isn't makeup.
0: Olivia Coleman not nominated?
1: No, Olivia Colton was nominated and, and Kristen Stewart also playing a real person. Yeah. Just with less makeup. Yeah. Are you just, you're just not happy that Kristen Stewart didn't get nominated?
0: Oh, yeah. I think it's, I guess, I guess it's, it depends on if the movie overall is good. And I think the performance is good. And I think Kristen Stewart was amazing in that performance. And like, my, my point is not that like, if you pay some, uh, play someone as real, you shouldn't be nominated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like one's fucking zooming in <laughs> uh but it's more that uh it's not that good a performance just because you slap on like it's still good they, they're great performance. it's just not it's just not a good movie okay. overall so no, i wasn't a good, fan of, okay. of the performance okay. i think there were better ones you know to be nominated especially i mean if it was Nicole if McKinney. it was
1: outstanding film uh i would definitely wouldn't get the time yeah but- you know, outstanding performance. It's the performance you
0: I wasn't a big fan of of her uh, in this film, but but I mean, fair enough, fair enough. The voting body is closed. Uh, at least uh, you know, the no award time to has die. has been
1: given. They can't. Take no it time back. to
0: die got an award. Lachlan. No time to
1: die won something. Yeah, Yay.
0: stunts. Um, there were stunts, stunts. in that film. Cool. He did jump and shoot. I'm, so I mean, yeah, great stuff. I feel
1: like the stunts were better than a uh Black Widow, which was. Yeah. Uh, Ninety-five percent green screen. B, The Matrix Resurrections, which was hundred percent green screen. Yeah, uh, I think Shang Chi was solid, which had like two yeah. action scenes, and Shang Chi was probably the only, the closest competitor to No yeah. Time to Die. But there wasn't the fight scenes in Shang Chi were pretty much all on the same level. There's definitely different fights throughout No Time to Die where you're kind of like, like in that. Forest scene. I always say this one where he like pulls the winch across uh the, the Range Rovers and then just mm-hmm. fucking knocks someone off their bike. You just go, oh, and there's then there's, there's just a hand to hand combat he has with um uh Raffin uh in the, the the fucking island. It's like that's more emotional, right? It has a larger range of stunts and action scenes. So that's why No Time the Die deserves a win. I'm happy with that.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's deserved as well. I think that the uh, bus scene though in Shang-Chi is uh a worthy as well. I think then in the later half it becomes a bit more generic, um, so it doesn't uphold like the same quality, constant quality uh, of, of those scenes. Uh, I think, yeah, that, I mean that that's it for the SAGs uh, and um, yeah, uh, SAGs to be not nominated, I don't know. Jesus <laughs> <Well, laughs> Christ. You know, the thing is, Lachlan is using his camera so much now that all of the audio listeners are now gonna be compromised and We are just playing around with the audio, uh, with the video element at this point. So he's just trying to throw me off, um, which uh, he successfully is doing. I'm um, just
1: getting ready for Top Gun 2 at this point. <laughs> he's
0: very ready for Top Gun 2 with those sunglasses. Um, <laughs> anyways.
1: Uh, I'm wearing aviators, by the way, if no one can guess. Yeah. That's what we mean by uh, Top Gun 2, it's aviators.
0: Anyways, uh, Spielberg is in the news because he said he'll be uh, revisiting an old Steve McQueen character, uh, Frank Bullet, and he'll be doing a sequel to that uh, with that character uh in some sense i don't know um what he has planned i mean he's obviously at the moment working on the fable men's um a story that is loosely based on his own childhood so this is further into the future but um like, i don't know i don't know about you but i'm quite happy to see uh you know Spieber could um just have like bullet and then he retires you know he does something very personal and then just kind of you know chills but it looks like he he'll be He'll be working um, until the day he drops dead, uh, which I think is, is a great thing to have uh, to him like continue creating. I haven't seen Bullet, so I can't really say if this is uh, very exciting, if this continuation of the story is something worthwhile. But yeah, what do you think?
1: I have no idea who this character is. I know who Steve McQueen is. I, I, okay, I'll go watch it, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's got like an 81 metacritic score so must be good
0: and then let's have a look at this week's new trailers uh, uh this week's new trailers and first up we got uh a short teaser for bullet train coming to theaters on july 15th another bullet another bullet yeah <laughs> uh five assassins find themselves on a fast-moving bullet train from tokyo to Morio- mori wait <laughs> morioka yeah, to Morioka with only a few stops in between. They discover their missions are not unrelated to each other. And <laughs> Lachlan, we got like this teaser trailer, which was basically, which basically came off like an, an ad. ad for the bullet train, it was read ad. by Brad Pitt, yeah. who's one of the assassins, I assume. So yeah, I think this is just a natural step up from Mr. and Mrs. Smith. You make it just polyamorous and have, um, you know, that could be called Bullet Train, running, <laughs> no, never mind, I'm not gonna, you know, just to those people who are already thinking on the same, like, you know, just down the same path as I I was, great for you, I'm not gonna continue it, but uh, yeah, Lachlan, what did you think of this first look at Bullet Train?
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm keen, mainly because it's got the uh, director of Atomic Blonde and uh, John Wick tech. You know, the team behind Atomic Blonde and John Wick behind Mm. it. Uh, And I guess you could also say Hobson, sure, but we'll just ignore that one for now. Uh, So (laughs) I know the action is going to be dope, and that gets me excited. So. If it's going to be a sick action film with Brad Pitt, you've got me you've got me hooked. What can I say? I'm hooked. I mean, the trailer got the trailer made me laugh at the end and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch this. It seems like a fucking a bit of a meme as a trailer. They've definitely gone the the good way of hyping this movie up, so I'll give them that.
0: Yeah, it's also quite a big cast, despite Brad Pitt. I just checked and I saw Joey King is in this, so I don't know, maybe it will be a one star movie for me then. <laughs> or maybe she'll actually finally be in a decent film. I don't think she's ever Aaron been in a film Johnson, uh, Brad that Pitt, I didn't hate.
1: Sandra Bullock, Zazzy Beats, Joey King, yeah. Logan Lerman, Shannon Michael Shannon. Yeah, How Michael
0: Sh- Michael Shannon, Zazzy Beats, Aaron Taylor Johnson, um, Sandra Brian Bullock Taylor as well, Perry. Brian T. Henry. Um, so yeah, a, a big cast. Um, and yeah, we'll cover it when it comes out on July 15th. Now, something that is coming to theaters quite soon is the third installment in the Fantastic Beasts saga called The Secrets of Dumbledore that is releasing on April 15th. April 15th. So yeah, Lachlan, this is a uh, uh, first look at the new Grendel Vault played by Mickelson. Mikkelsen. Um, he has replaced Johnny Depp uh, I think he looks sick in that role, although it it looks very different, to be honest. What, what did you think of this trailer? Uh,
1: well, I've I've seen Mads Mikkelsen as Grindelwald before. There was a trailer that I've seen. I oh right, think it was. I think it was at one of the cinemas that I went to that had a, a mm. screening of it, and he was in that. But I guess he's got more dialogue in this one. Um, look, I I said this a while back. I like Fantastic Beasts so far more than i like the harry potter series um that is so crazy wow hang on i should zoom in the camera for this one what not that it makes any matter. doesn't it doesn't matter (laughs) no not that anyone anyone sees this besides me doesn't fucking matter to anyone besides (laughs) you and me christ (laughs) i like uh newt scamander more than i like harry potter as a character right yeah in saying that in saying i don't think you
0: like the movies more you just like the character hang on
1: hang hang on
0: right I think I'm, Sorry, taking I'm taking the
1: words taking... out of my mouth. Jeez. You're changing them around a little
0: bit. Yeah, you're too close, man. Your mouth is so close. I just want to take them out. I you can know? make it you're closer. So close. Hang, Hang on. Me. I'm getting give closer. Me. Give, me. give me the words. Give me the words. Some
1: point. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. i just waiting for that one. I to kick in. Um. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I find the world of Harry Potter doesn't get that much love for it, but you definitely have more world building in Fantastic Beasts, and I really like that. On top of that as well, I thought that the fight seemed a little bit more fun in Fantastic Beasts. The only good fight scene throughout Harry Potter is Order of the Phoenix, hands yeah. down, without a doubt. That's fair. And now you're going to have what's known as like the greatest battle in Wizarding history, between Dumbledore and Gwyndelwald. I'm keen for that, just to see what they're going to put on screen. There is so much hype behind this. The second one sucked. I'm not going to yeah. lie. This being the third one, yeah, okay, we'll see what they can do. Hopefully it will be better. Hopefully they would have learned from their mistakes. Mm-hmm. The issue I have with it now is the fact that it's known as Fantastic Beasts. Having Fantastic Beasts yeah. separate and then having these all be like individual films, Now it's now basically Dumbledore's story. So why not call it like just the secrets of Dumbledore? Why not call it, you know, J.K. Yeah. Oh wait, you can't use J.K. Rowling's name anymore because everyone will hate that. <laughs> J.K. Um, not using J.K.
0: Yeah, you're have the JK same Rowling problem as Bulafet. You have the same problem as Star Wars. And it's Boba like Fett it, it's
1: moment. it's like what is it? Is this is this Newt yeah. Scamander story or is this Dumbledore story? So I, I think I, they, I really they do really make a point this.
0: in this to make sure that Newt is part of like the key people. He he's very important to the story.
1: Like he he definitely yeah. gets like. He he definitely is involved with this story, but is it his story? That's what the issue with the second one is. It, it isn't his story to tell. Right. He's just in there for yeah. the ride. Harry Potter, yes, it's Harry Potter's story because he's the chosen one. And I have an issue with like him just being the chosen one because it's kind of boring. It's mm-hmm. just like he's the one where we kind of like work for it like Newt does, and that's kind of exciting. Um yeah. like, it's just that he's just a B character technically through this, but he is the the dude. He's the guy. <laughs> I'm I'm the dude. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think it looked a bit messy, to be honest. Does that make like, sense? Like there was a lot of action, uh, but it feels like the are tying in so many characters that it's probably gonna be like at least yeah, I feel like it's gonna be as messy as the as the second one. Just with, with how convoluted it can get. Uh, I would hope it would just center around Grendelwald and Dumbledore. Um, And then everyone around them is just kind of, you know, fighting as well. But I think they really hone in on like Kowalski as the comedic relief character that's like now getting a wand and he can use the wand as well. So it's like the wand magic and it doesn't matter who, who wields it. So, like, can muggles use wands? Is that what they... I, I thought that wasn't possible. But I, I guess it is, kind of? I don't know. Um. So, I think they, they are still doing the... Int- like, he's still there to be introduced to that world. Like, our vessel into the world. But I don't think he needs it anymore. Just because we're so familiar with the world already. So, it feels like every everything that's coming from his storyline is kind of, you know, could be trimmed down. Um, and it's not really needed, but, uh, we're still going to check it out. I, I, I mean, I hope it's better than the second one. Um, and to get this saga back on track and we get some sick fights between Grindelwald and, uh, and Jude Law, <laughs> just Matt's Mikkelsen and Jude Law going at it. Two, uh, icons of, of great, uh, male characters on screen. So. Love to see that. Um. Anyway, speaking of great male characters on screen, uh, finally, the, the wait is uh almost over, and we are ready for the big bat. And no, I'm not speaking of Matt Reeves, the Batman with Robert Pattinson, which I've seen, by the way. We'll talk about it next week, but I've already seen it. Just a side note here. Great film. Um, wait, wait, Ewan, to talk about Ewan, it? Ewan. Yeah.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. okay Damn. that's uh i did I, I didn't expect that one batman batman <laughs> i was just getting you into visually review the movie for me
0: but yeah morbius out on april 1st as an april fools joke uh <laughs> i think we got the last trailer hopefully of this film um i think it was super funny i think if they paired it with uh i'm the bad guy from billy eilish would have been perfect because i think one of his lines in the movie is like, "Oh yeah, they don't I'm the have bad enough
1: money guy. for that. They've gone through thirty thousand reshoots and delays. They literally have no more money. That is true. They, they couldn't just afford it. They just need to put this fucking movie out.
0: It is crazy, like how serious this movie comes off, and it feels like it's quite a silly film. But they're trying to wait. play it so serious, which actually would make it so much like better if they're better. not like self-aware of how bad it is." And it just, like, plays it so seriously. So I, I'm so looking forward to this film uh, just because I don't think it's going to be good, but it's going to be good in a different sense. Um, But, yeah, Lachlan, I don't know if you have anything to add to Morbius.
1: I don't. I just want this movie to fucking come out.
0: Yeah, we like, finally more this want it. The
1: movie gets delayed and, like, they de- it we're back. doing reshoots and shit. It's like, okay, what else are you going to add to this film? I know the success of No Way Home got to push back, so I I I'm wondering what they're going to do. I wonder. You know what they, they should do with the marketing
0: stuff? for this film? Like really easy marketing. Have it only like not show shown Andrew in... Garfield. <laughs> yes, we need Andrew Garfield as well as a bat. Uh, no, but to have only like late night showings, only when the sun is 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 down. Is down. Uh, you can't mm. you can't show it in the afternoon. You know, so actual vampires can enjoy. I got a great idea.
1: Well. How about we we just don't show it.
0: Oh, it's just like it's a dark experience, dark room experience. It's just a blank yeah. screen. Blank screen. To imagine it's just Morbius.
1: an audio. It's audio because bats can't see, so it's just all audio. <laughs> and it's just <laughs> <laughs> imagine you just the get whole headphones. Just and like, yeah,
0: man, this is an echolocation film. I don't right. know. Can't yeah. you, can you see it? Picture it, you dumbass.
1: Dude, I'm a genius. I've just <laughs> I've just done the marketing for this movie. When cancel
0: culture goes too far. <laughs> it's like when pc culture goes too far you can't show a movie about bats without having their perspective shown (laughs) all right uh anyways let's talk about this week's new releases and uh, i guess i'm a bit late because elden ring is out i know we are a film podcast but we also music podcast and a game podcast i no i'm not playing it just because i know that it takes a shit ton of time yeah and i'm terrible at games and I okay. cannot invest 70 hours into playing I'm surprised, because I was going to say,
1: I'm surprised you won't play, like, anything with me that's co-op or shooter-based. But then you're, like, playing Elden Ring, and I'm like, I will buy Elden Ring. Play that
0: would right be now. crazy if I played Elden I will, Ring. Um, I will
1: play, like, like you don't play games, but you're just like, I only play the games that make me fucking cry. Like, I just <laughs> want to be punished yeah. by video games.
0: I-, I did play about, like, an hour of poker stuck and got nowhere, and then I got frustrated and... Yeah, quit and watch the movie instead. Uh, and I think I opened Jump King once, and I I do have all of those Fardian games where you like fall all the way down if you fail. Um, I think Dark's Star- like it's from the Souls franchise, but I'm I'm addressing it because it is like very cinematic. I've watched a couple streams of of people playing it over on Twitch and on YouTube, and it looks amazing because it has like the open world like feature of Breath of the Wild paired with um. Like a lot of big boss fights that you can do, and it just looks looks sick, and it's gotten rave raving reviews. Uh, it's not a game for me just because I can't commit to it that much. But uh, yeah, luckily, this is something that you could see yourself uh, Dude, play as soon as I, the
1: So I'm like, I was gonna say this afterwards, and during like what I what I've been watching, because I've been playing Horizon Forbidden West, uh, mm-hmm. since its release essentially. Uh, as soon as yeah. I finish, uh, uh Forbidden West. And I've got one last main mission in Dying Light. I'm going to pick up Elden Ring. And that's all I'm going to be oh. doing for the next like six months, essentially.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's going to take you a time to finish it's it. It's going to take me uh, a
1: fucking time and a half. But I really do enjoy some of the Souls games. I haven't beaten yeah. all of them because some of them I like they do become the same after a bit um Mm. each of them have obviously their pros and cons but i i like demon souls with the remake because i i've got a playstation 5 um the demon (laughs) souls (laughs) remake uh was a lot of fun um but i just really wasn't vibing with it um and i've seen a number of things that i really like in this uh elden ring so i'm very keen yeah very keen
0: so we'll um, check back in with you. Give us uh, give us those updates of what boss you're, boss you're currently like struggling with.
1: Six months down <laughs> the line, like i so I'm still on the first boss and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's also the thing. The like it's an
0: months. open world thing. You can technically like go to a very difficult boss and try to beat it. The thing is, with these Soul games, you are just gonna get crushed over and over again, because they are, like, super hard to beat. Uh, but yeah, Um, moving away from the games, let's look... At what's releasing um, on Wednesday, March 2nd, so it's already out. Uh, We got over on Netflix Against the Ice with Nicolas Koster-Waldau. In 1909, Denmark's Alabama expedition led by Captain Anya Mikkelsen was attempting to disprove the United States' claim to northeastern Greenland, a claim that was rooted in the idea that Greenland was broken up into two different pieces of land Leaving their crew behind with the ship, Mickelson sleds across the ice with an inexperienced crew member, Ivor Efferson. That's gonna be an isolated action film uh with one of the actors from Game of Thrones. Uh so go that da- check that out if you want. Also releasing on Wednesday is West Side Story over on Disney Plus. You can now stream that over there. Then the big release of Friday, March 4th is Matt Reeves, The Batman, with Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano, and Jeffrey Wright. Uh, We'll have our reviews for that uh, next week, and i like to mention it again, Lachlan, I've already seen it, and I've given you the indication of what I thought about it already, but you guys have to wait another week, but I'm very keen uh, to talk about The Batman. Uh, Also releasing this Friday on Showtime is after Yang, the new Coronado film with Colin Farrell. I'm really keen I caught this back at Sundance and uh, we'll talk about that the week after the Batman. Uh, We also got Fresh over on Hulu with Sebastian Stan and Daisy Edgar-Jones. Frustrated by scrolling dating apps only to end up on lame, tedious dates, Noah takes a chance by giving her number to the awkwardly charming Steve after a produce section, Meat Cute at the grocery store. That was also a great entertaining film from Sundance. So, we're doing kind of a post Sundance catch up. Uh, we'll do those. Is <laughs> that catch up? And now I'm kind of thinking about the film, which I'm not spoiling anything, but I'm very keen to talk about that one with you as well, Lakhan. But that will also be the week after the Batman. And then finally, we got Lucy and Desi from Amy Poehler over on Prime. This is a documentary about. Lucine Ball, uh, which is basically, you know, the documentary form of being the Ricardos, the film that's currently getting Nicole Kidman a bunch of nominations. Um, apparently, I haven't seen this one. Apparently, this one is uh, between being the Ricardos and Lucine Desi, the one to go for. Um, and then finally, uh, before I forget this, I almost forgot this. Uh, Over on Prime as well, we got The Boys Presents Diabolical, which is a anthology series uh, with different animation styles, eight episodes. I think they're all releasing this Friday, uh, at least according to IMDb. That's what's happening uh, with a quite stacked cast of like Ben Schwartz, Aquafina, Seth Rogen, uh, Jason Isaacs, uh, Kumail Nanjiani. We got a lot of people in the cast, and uh, we're going to check that one out as well. Um, now, Lachlan, let's get to what we've been watching. Ah, Lachlan, what have you been watching?
1: I watched half of, like, everything. (laughs) (laughs) I finished off Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest. Yeah. I watched one half, the first half of the special episode of Euphoria. Man, I just haven't committed to anything. Here's what I did commit to, though, right?
0: (laughs) Your girlfriend?
1: (laughs) Yes. But also, I started watching a new TV show called The Sinner. It was recommended to me. So I clicked play on Netflix, and I started watching the the first episode. And I was getting through the first episode, and they kept referencing a lot of things, and I was like, what the fuck's going on? And I realized I'm watching season four, episode one. I don't know why Netflix, because Netflix has my watching, my, my past watching history. It knows what I've watched. I don't know why it started me at season four. I know it's an anthology series, but I don't know why it started me at season four. Start me at season one. That's an obvious fucking thing. So, after watching the first half of the first episode of season four, I went back and watched the first half of season one, Mm. and it's not bad. It it gets a little bit boring, but it's not bad. I'll give it that. Bill Pullman's in it, and I thought that's kind of funny, because Independence Day, we just talked about Independence Day, um, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, Bill Pullman, I'm going to watch something with Bill Pullman in it, and that's what I did. Other than that, I've been playing Horizon Forbidden West, because- that game is very very good and if god of war doesn't come out this year and i don't finish elden ring then it's game of the year
0: you know what the thing is like the only game that i'll play i, I think I'll, I'll maybe get to horizon i doubt it though the only game that i'll actually play when it comes out i doubt that it comes out this year is the new uh zelda game the new breath of the Wild that they announced breath of World 2? it's supposed yeah. to come out this year um I'm doubting that it actually will, but that would be the only game that I would play. Uh but yeah, that's that's all you've been watching and playing. Um Locklin, uh I actually did finish uh the episodes that I started uh speaking of Euphoria. Um I I really like those specials by the way. I think they're the most solid thing that they've put out since season 1. Um and I finished season 2, I don't think it, it lives up to the hype. I think it's really it, it suffers from the same problems that malcolm and marie had it's i mean it's the same writer director uh, di- uh, sam levinson and by the last two episodes that try to be like they become a bit more self-reflective of what mm. the characters and the entire show is i'm not uh, giving anything away because i know you haven't seen it Luckland, but it's it's very much aware of what the show is or it tries to be and I was way more into it when they focused just on the characters had their like intros and bits. Uh, I think it still has has the visual flair, but I gotta say the season finale was maybe one of the worst episodes of Euphoria so far. It was quite disappointing uh, and a bit messy, but uh, hopefully they pick it up by season three. I think that they tied at least Rue's storyline quite neatly in a way that I really enjoyed. And um, yeah, I'll have a a full review uh, with some spoilers as well on the UN UM graph podcast. If you want to hear that uh, also a review for the Batman is already out there as well. Um, also called Zirano, I can't remember if I already talked about it, but caught this a while back, but it's now uh, out in, I think it's in wide release. Now it was in limited a couple of weeks ago. And uh, that's like this uh, medieval musical with Peter Dinklage singing about not being enough. And he's like writing to someone, uh, but she's, not into him but a different guy so he uses his body to convey his words it's very stereotypical in that sense and i think it's not that interesting overall so i thought Cyrano was kind of just mid i also watched no exit That was a a thriller uh, about a bunch of people being locked up in a in a storm in a snowstorm and then basically a character realizing oh someone kidnapped a kid in here who is it and it's like this whodonic who done it. It's although it's like doesn't take too long to go more into an action thriller than a psychological or maybe like a Who Done It. Um it's revealed quite early. Uh so it's also quite predictable, you know, who it was. Um, but I think it's it's solid entertainment. Um can't really uh front it too much. So if you are into that kind of thing, I think it's it's quite um decent. Uh something I can't say about Tyler Perry's Amidia Homecoming. Um, I haven't seen any of those, like, TV special or, or, like, movies before that Tyler Perry does, but it feels very, like, mid-2000s, the way that, like, um, you know, uh, male characters dress up as as female characters and it's all just played for comedic uh, effect. It feels, I don't know, it feels like it's not embracing drag culture or anything. or It feels a bit transphobic, to be honest and it's not funny that was probably the biggest offense that i took from it it's it's very deeply unfunny uh but that's over on netflix so i can't really recommend that one i think if you are into that like franchise of characters that they created i think there's a crossover with another tv show that they do in this one um then you are in that crowd that would go for this otherwise i think stay clear of it and um yeah i listened to another thing that was super disappointing Um, that was Donda 2, which is crazy that, like, Kanye's new album is out, like, it's been out for over a week, but I didn't hear anything about it, and that's because he didn't drop it on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever, he dropped it on his, like, specific stem player that he launched with Donda, and now for Donda 2, he is only playing it over there, I think he, he, like, made a statement that it's about the music industry... Uh, only giving like 12% of the money to the actual uh, artists and yada 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 that's the reason why he's creating his own thing. Um, Anyways you can listen to it on his his, like stamp player Uh, and I did and it was terrible (laughs) it's one of the worst albums that I've I've listened to in a while Uh, it's so unfinished Um, I don't know what it was it just sounded so rough like a lot of the lyrics were so uninspired so lazy um so uh, it feels crazy to to watch like the genius documentary that's currently streaming on netflix uh all three parts are out by the way i can really recommend them. one it was very solid from start to finish um let's see like a creative mind uh, with so much potential fulfilling that potential by giving us a bunch of like really great albums and now just like completely shitting the bed when it comes to the new stuff that he creates and it was kind of sad like there's a lyric in there where he has like a soundbite of um kim kim kardashian praising him for like a solid 20 seconds and it feels so odd for him to put that in there um but yeah that's that wraps it up for the music review section of quiet on set and uh yeah luckily are you gonna listen to donda too
1: i think i am i'm trying to figure out how yeah, you I'm gotta on you on gotta go into the I'm on that STEM, stem thing. player, but I, I yeah. don't know if I'm doing it right.
0: It is very complicated for like I Do don't I think a lot of like casual thing? people. Yeah, you have to buy it. It it costs you money and uh um, Did you buy it? Yeah. Sure. I definitely did buy Donda 2 oh, okay. and spent money on this album, Lakeland.
1: Two hundred dollars! <laughs> It wants me to pay $200 to listen to Donda too.
0: Oh, is it? I didn't even check how much it was, but uh, I, I guess am, that's I like, loading. just I with am, the money flow of being so out. rich in Switzerland. Express check PayPal. But let's get to
2: Command on, come on. To visit planet Earth, you will have to be born as a human child. At yeah. first you will have to learn to use your new body to move your arms and legs. You will learn to walk and run, to use your hands to make sounds and form words. There will be so much for you to learn and so much for you to feel. Sadness, joy, disappointment, and wonder. You will grow up, will you. Travel, and work over the years you will try to make sense of that happy sad full always shifting life you're in and when the time comes to return to your star it may be hard to say goodbye to that strangely beautiful world damn this book you're crying no i'm
1: not yes you are you're
0: definitely cr- Say you're crumped. Mm. <laughs> Johnny and his young nephew forge a tenuous but transformational relationship when they embark on a cross-country trip to see life away from Los Angeles. So that's Mike Mills' Come On, Come On. Uh, maybe people know him already from his uh, film 20th Century Women. And um, yeah, I think Come On, Come On is a film that's been very positive, positively received by critics and audiences as well, but it has not managed to actually get awards recognition, which I think would put it over the edge uh, about, like, more people being aware of it and checking it out. But it is streaming on VOD right now. Um, you can check it out on Letterboxd says a 4.1, on IMDb a 7.6, and on Metacritic an 82. And... Um, I really like this one. I think it's one of my favorite films from 2021. So, Lachlan, I'm wondering, what did you think of uh, Come On, Come On?
1: I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was very cute and simple and all I wanted it to be and I was kind of nervous having to listen because it was very much a dialogue driven film uh, but it definitely nails it uh, and I guess that's kind of what you get when you have a very very capable actor uh, as your lead uh, who's who's very good at getting your attention and holding it for a good two hours.
0: I think um, what you would usually really appreciate in an actor is like his his charisma to carry it all. But I think what Joaquin Phoenix does so well is like that area in between that like awkwardness that blends this whole movie. That's kind of a blend between um documentary sections where they interview the children and the story beats of him with uh, jesse and i think he he does such a perfect blend of his natural awkwardness that isn't just joaquin phoenix being awkward although he's he's like someone who, who might be a bit like not as comfortable with performing social like situations um but he does it so well and so intricately that uh i really gotta uh commend him um applaud him for what he did his work in this but also woody norman um talk about a child performance where you're not annoyed that he talks like an adult that like rarely happens and uh where like you know we often get the stereotype of the weird kid character that doesn't really kind of fit in and then they're just so far from reality the way that they talk the way that they behave and i thought that he was a very complete person Overall. Uh, so it didn't take me out of the movie that he was just a ten year old ten year old um playing like a nine year old, you know. I was uh I was really in there. Uh so like and what did you think about about Woody Norman? The
1: the kid nailed it, like Yeah. I can't really fault his performance. Uh to have a a nine year old, is that how old he is? Nine years old? not a nine year old uh yeah. match Joaquin Phoenix is
0: <laughs> right. It's amazing, fucking
1: incep- exceptional. It's it's incredible yeah. that he was able to stand against uh uh fucking Phoenix and and hold his own ground and still hold me in those scenes where it was it was it was his scene. It wasn't wasn't Phoenix's mm-hmm. scene. It wasn't it wasn't Johnny's scene. It was it was Jesse's scene. It was his scene that he was commanding, and Johnny was a side character in that. And and that's awesome mm-hmm. to have from a nine year old. So whether that's coming from Uh, Mike Mills is directing and if he just like, I have seen a number of uh, videos of directors working with kids and I can definitely see some work better than others. Like I, I, there's a famous video of, uh, David Lynch working with a kid and he he does a great job of getting that kid to kind of, um, get the emotion that he wants out of it. So whether it's Mike Mills being able to Mm. really talk to, uh, Woody Norman and, and, and get the performance and explain it in a way that Woody can go, yes, this is how he wants it. Um, mm. But it's it's also, again, not to take anything away from Woody, but it's mainly him and him nailing it. So, I like, hats off to this kid.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think that maybe a side character that doesn't get to shine as much, although I think ultimately the story is kind of just as much about her as well, uh, is, is Vivian, uh, Viv, uh, played by Gabby, Gabby Hoffman. Um, she's mainly just, you know, on the phone um, and really not a lot of scene, but I think she really sells... Uh, it sells a lot of the dramatic tension between herself and, and Johnny uh, so well. I think I think the, the movie has an overall theme, obviously like the way that it interviews the, the children about the future, but it also like kind of looks back into the past and deals with memories as well. So with that, it's like such a broad spectrum of themes that I connected with quite quite deeply. On top yeah.
1: of that, on top of that, the first trivia on IMDB, Woody Norman is actually British. He's also got an accent. He is. Okay.
0: A this kid is mad amazing. Mad. This
1: kid's incredible.
0: Yeah. Can wow. someone take
1: that uh, Oscar away Jesus. from Will Smith? Uh, sorry, that SAG <laughs> award, award from Will Smith and give it to uh, Woody Allen, please?
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. That is super impressive. I did not think for a second that there was like a a hint of another accent in in his speeches wow that that throws me for a loop that's actually super surprising yeah hats off to woody norman that's crazy uh anyways let's talk about essentialism lachlan <laughs> uh, Jesus. no i think that the the themes of like the sins of the mother the sins of the father are uh, like picked up in, in subtle little ways um like the way that jesse plays music really loudly and um later on like we get a short clip of him and his his father who's who's an addict kind of doing the same thing and like you get such a full picture of a person and why they behave in certain ways but then also not really explain everything away uh we'll get into like specific moments and i'll give like a slight spoiler warning although it's it's like less about the plot overall it's more of an experience so i always think that these movies you can't really spoil them too much it did that bit of him wanting to be the uh, the orphan is also something that maybe you could read into it and try to hi- hyper analyze and psychoanalyze like why is he doing that but it also just feels like maybe he's just playing <laughs> you know and it's okay to to not always know uh why something is happening or like to give up control and just be okay with it and it's it's I'm I'm not like being very specific about what I like about this film but it it does that unspecified um reflection of of life so beautifully that um I don't know about you Lachlan but I caught myself tearing up quite a few quite a few times uh during this film especially in the I half.
1: didn't get emotional
0: you sack of stone with no heart I'm
1: a heartless <laughs> piece of shit uh, Yeah you are I've got, I'm going nowhere in life, so.
0: <laughs> Jesus that- Christ. Okay, don't get that go- I said existentialism. <laughs> you don't have to put it uh, onto your own life. Let's let's stay with the characters, okay? <laughs> um, the slow zoom in with the camera. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, okay. <laughs> Screaming match. I'm not okay. Yeah.
1: There's something about this film that definitely you can read into and become emotional with. I didn't, so that's probably why I didn't get emotional with this film. Mm-hmm. What I will say, though, is the relationship between these two characters, how it builds, and how interested uh, Johnny is with kids is quite fascinating because he, he is trying to you know dissect why uh, Jesse is the way he is at the same time. He's trying to understand yeah. why he's like that and that's what fascinated me more was his fascination. So I was fascinated by Johnny's right. fascination with J- uh, Jesse and the way Jesse would react and how Jesse's brain would work. So what I what I like about this is I wasn't getting emotional from just, you know, the I didn't I didn't think the connection was as deep as I, what I wanted it to be, but I saw it more mm-hmm. as like a like a observation story it was like a it was like a road trip observation of a relationship between mm-hmm. a kid who's had a pretty roughish upbringing without a father and then this father figure stepping in and and that's kind of cool because this father figure he doesn't want to be considered his father he but he wants to be loved and adored and uh and appreciated by this kid so I that's what I really enjoyed about this is is not the I, d- I didn't think it was like i didn't cry i didn't get emotional you know i, I cried at cars too but <laughs> not <like> this <laughs> um <laughs> i didn't cry in cars too i cried in cars too because it was bad but well you um, definitely have
0: no heart then if you didn't cry at cars i, too. Terrible yeah, I have heart. not seen but it's yeah crazy but cars have um, hearts too they're called motors
1: but uh what i will say is overall the film is just brilliant like start to finish it's it's shot incredibly well um every single aspect of it is so neat and tidy and clean it it, it is mm. i was getting a lot of um uh marriage story vibes where it was like oh this yeah. is super realistic in that sense it's like they're not holding back anything it doesn't feel like it's forced to dialogue um I but it's dialogue, also that
0: editing you know yeah I it's it was also very, that editing sign of being still kind of quick the way that it yeah, into cuts and it felt and layers. so
1: realistic and uh filmy at the same time which is what i get from mm-hmm. marriage stories so i i really had to like take my hat off to like the entire production team is is that they really crafted a really good film. Like it, the whole thing just flows really well.
0: Yeah. What do you think about the black and white look?
1: See, I, I wasn't, I wanted to kind of tiptoe around it. I didn't really want to talk about it. Um, yeah. I don't care. Right. I, I, I don't see it, like whether As it's in necessity. black and white or whether it's in color spectrum, there's no difference in my eyes. Now, mm-hmm. if the color grading was, you know, because black and white is so neutral, you are using shadowing quite a bit. It is a bit easier. Color adds this extra step on top of it, so it could just be a simplicity sake to not have because L.A. and New York are two drastically different looking places, especially in cinema. They they you know Mm. New York is this uh, crowded, grey, very blue tinged uh, area, while New York is sunny and yellow. So you would have had this like very uh, odd thing where you're taking a kid from. A very happy place to a very meh place um so mm. having it in black and white I guess would make any location kind of neutral in your eyes you're not seeing la yeah. is better or New York is better even though he's trying to be like oh New York is better right to his mum uh it's a very neutral thing so the black and white definitely helps because you're not you're not seeing colors that you associate with certain emotions it's it's you this relationship is where you're getting the emotions from which is, it's very mm-hmm. smart so Uh, Like, yes, if it was in color, they would have used color kind of smart and and they would have used it to, again, tell the story. But removing it from this film definitely allows them to just focus on the relationship between Johnny and Jesse.
0: And from what I'm hearing, like, your biggest focus is on on that relationship, which I think is the core of the film overall, of course. But they also have those um, documentary bits where they actually just interviewed uh, children what do you think about those bits?
1: I didn't know what the relevance of it is, and I still don't know if I'm totally honest. Mm-hmm. If if you know, please chime in and let me know. Um, I thought that it was like my first note with this film is a uh, very strong opening. Like it's it's very much like okay, you're getting an understanding of like this certain group of people, and I thought it was gonna pa- like play a big part in this film right, yeah to, like i thought it was going to be a certain part of this film and i thought it was going to bring it like it's going to be brought up for some reason and it kind of just plays yeah. as a backdrop it's kind of like a, a second storyline that goes along it's his it's his little passion project that he's doing um
0: yeah we don't really get much from why he's doing it or like any any sort of stakes that come with him ne- like taking Uh, Jesse along, like that he has to sacrifice something or whatever, it feels like it's very easily done and um, I thought that maybe it is used in a way to have a very reflective, self-reflective person that you get those moments of him just doing basically voice memos to himself, like kind of diary style uh, speaking into the mic and um, then the backdrop of using actual perspective from young people, I think i I don't think it has a narrative purpose that is that important but it just feels kind of complete overall i don't know why it makes sense to have those in there I, i didn't feel like they were a distraction at all it was just so much about reflecting about life and memories and then seeing the future and then like being very present in the now i think that uh johnny's character is someone who we get to see at a point where he finally opens up like he hasn't talked about uh with his uh sister for a long time like the issues that they had the approach that they had with dealing with their mother's dementia and um the very different approach in in like growing up and how disconnected they were even as as children growing up
1: yeah i realized like because i I i only watched this movie like three hours ago so I I I really haven't got my thoughts like cohesively put together because it is such a full on thing. Um, yeah, I think it's hard to like dissect because you're expecting this film to go one way when it starts, but it kind of goes in another way. And there's not a lot to talk about except for the relationship. Like there's really exactly, nothing else. Yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm like as I said, everything else is good. I'm not saying it's like the cinematography didn't like blow me off my feet. The the sound design didn't blow me off my feet it was just a very cool character piece between these two people.
0: I had a lot of favorite moments, I got to say, in the film. I think that, uh, you know, whenever Johnny is just sitting down at the end of the day and um, thinking, like, I, I something that is really striking to me, like, uh, Jesse ab- asks him about his relationship and he kind of gives him a, a half-assed answer about love. And then in the next scene, he's like, why did I say it like that? Like, that mm. start of the reflection of, of how he connects with this kid and what he's holding back, what he's actually sharing because he has no idea that he probably shouldn't tell a kid um, about potential plans that he has if he hasn't talked to his mother yet, kind of promising, making empty promises that he might not be able to keep. Um, Like that type of responsibility that's put onto him. Um, I think that him kind of easing into that is done in a very like subtle way that I really loved as well. Um, and just uh, the brevity of like it like this is obviously I, 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 we are in spoilers now if, if you are uh, if you haven't seen the film yet I guess but it's like the brevity of, of them leaving as well you know is also like so quick uh, in in the film that it was like it almost felt like something is like pulled away from you um and uh, I also thought another really great thing about it was, the whole sound design and the how, how they went about it. Like him um, experiencing the world, uh, Jesse, like putting on the headphones and then walking around with the microphone, getting those like, uh, in, you know, w- what you would actually hear from those recordings, the way that it's like pointed the audio uh, was, was so uh, like it reminded me of, of doing that on set as well. Uh, I love doing that, <laughs> just like listening to, to things. Um, and, and yeah, it's just like, it's so much about observing. Like you said, you know, we just observe these two characters connecting with each other. Oh. Yeah. I really like that. Uh, what, what is, uh, some of your favorite moments from the film?
1: Um, I'm just going to stick with my favorite scene. Uh, and that's, uh, when they're just screaming at each other in the park.
0: You're not okay. I'm not okay. <laughs> and it was
1: like such a perfect yeah. mixture of like these two people on being on two completely different levels of pissed off and mad and angry at each other and then mm-hmm. them swapping where they are and then just bringing it down to be on each other's levels so matching yeah. there is es- essentially matching each. <laughs> matching uh Jesse's energy uh and then bringing him down like it was like that was just like okay he at first he didn't know how to deal with this kid and that just showed me mm-hmm. that after this entire story he just he's learned how this kid works and he knows how to take care of this kid and um, he, he, I guess, it's very therapeutic the way he's done it as well. Just like, just let it all out. It's okay to be yelling yeah. and bringing him down. And he's like, okay, it's cool. Because I'm sure this kid has always been told, like, no, no, you can't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't be sad. Yada yada. And then here comes in, mm-hmm. here comes Johnny, and he goes, it's okay <laughs> to scream. <laughs> it's okay to cry. <laughs> yeah, um, I think yeah, it's also the
0: realization for Johnny at that moment because for so long, I think he he hasn't really had a perspective yet of that of Viv from his sister like how hard it is to raise a kid um, mm. and how much you don't know what the fuck you're doing um it's also like him expressing like it's okay if i'm not okay and actually don't know what to do and it's actually too much uh it's exhausting um so it's like a moment for both these characters but it's like the one in one initiating it as the adult but mm. jesse brings just as much to that relationship which I thought was just, like, this a fascinating thing. Because, there's, like, my, my favorite moment is him reading Star Child. And it's, it, it, like, it's brought up twice. Where, like, they have this very nice moment. And Johnny tears up, by the way, me as well, at that moment. And he's, like, teasing him about it. Uh, like, saying, oh, Johnny, you're crying. And he's like, no, 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 I'm not, not crying or whatever. And then he goes, uh, you won't, like, remember any of this. Because, like, the Star Child is also about life and death and it ending all all of it Um, and like another theme that's maybe picked up in the documentary part of the film like the future and how maybe you know terrible it might end up happening but all we have is kind of you know each other which is like sounds cheesy but that's basically I guess the gist of of, of the film Um, and then it cuts back later when uh, Jesse says it again he's like you're saying um, you are gonna forget about me and then Johnny goes no no I said that you are probably gonna forget about me. And like Jesse gets mad and he's like, no, I'm not gonna get mad um, and I'll remind you. And like, I thought that was such a, a beautiful, touching moment because it made me reflect on on my own life as well. And I'm sure everyone has these moments where you're like, you, you can think back to something, but uh, you remember it through other people telling you and you remembering, remembering. So it's not actually the memory that's there because that is like fleeting and it's going. And every second that you live, you you are forgetting parts of your life. And, um, man, it made me aware of that. And, like, I, I couldn't stop thinking about that for the two times that I saw this film. Um, so it it had that beautiful, reflecting reaction for me. And, um, man, when a movie is able to do that and it just sticks with me for a while, uh, I I got to praise it to death. So, yeah, I loved Calm. Come, come on, come on. Really sick. And I think it leads into that uh, moment where like Jesse goes, come on, come on, come on, come on. Like the title giving scene, um, Mm -hmm. which I thought maybe it was a bit on the nose that we go with with that. Like, you know, the title of the film is then also something. I I don't know. Sometimes that can be a bit cheesy. But uh, I thought it was also like another good moment that Woody Norman somehow sells (laughs) the British kid. The British 10 year old sells it. Okay, I'm going to ask you a series of questions and there's no right or wrong answer. So when you think about the future, uh, how do you imagine it will be? Like, what will nature be like? How will your city change? Will families be the same? What will stay with you and what will you forget? What scares you? What makes you angry? Do you feel lonely? And what makes you happy? So, Lachlan, please give us a very intricate uh, answer to all of these things. (laughs) Very keen.
1: So, when you think about the future, how do you imagine it? I imagine myself sitting and watching Dunes, Dune 2. Uh, What will nature be like? I don't care, I'm in a cinema, I can't see outside. How will your city change? I hope we get an IMAX cinema. Will families be the same? I'll tear my family apart if I don't go see Dune. Will you stay... What will stay with you? My 4K steelbook of Dune and I'll forget about the Blu-ray copy. Uh, What scares me? Dune 2 not releasing. Uh, What makes you angry if Dune 2 gets delayed? Uh, What makes you feel lonely? Uh, The fact that I can't see Dune 2. And what makes you happy? Uh, My 4K edition of Dune in the steelbook. (laughs)
0: glad to see that it all ties back to dune all right like look like, i got one last question for you and that is oh, no, uh is where do you arrive as uh, uh where do you arrive at a, as a rating for it come uh on, come four
1: on. and a half dunes out of five <laughs> yeah I gave, it, well, I gave it four out of five four and a half out of five
0: right yeah i arrived at the same rating i think it's a really solid film that um hopefully you guys uh are checking out now that uh we've reviewed it here and it's out on vod again so um, yeah, give it a watch. Uh, I think that wraps it up for today. Next week we are taking a look at the Batman and the Adam Project. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget to drop so don't forget to drop those five star reviews over on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Uh, you can also join our Discord. Uh, follow us on our socials. We have an Instagram. We have a Twitter. Uh, we have a YouTube for clips and a TikTok that uh, is now more active. Um, so go check that out if you want we also got a Letterboxd account uh, where you get all uh, the written re- written reviews and links to our story as well uh, so lots of stuff to link lots of stuff that is linked below in the show notes that you can check out if you want and uh, with that Lachlan maybe I should have asked you those questions at the end now, it would have been a nice outro bit, but um, yeah do you have a question for me Lachlan?
1: Um No <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to ask you something? Well, uh,
0: yeah, no. <laughs> come on, like, let's be original. Come up with something. Um, like what?
1: Uh, uh, no. <laughs> That's right, original. I'm saying no to you. Fuck you. <laughs> Don't only really come up with something on the spot,
0: <laughs> dude. I'm vengeance, man. You're gonna regret this. All right. See you next week.